It's a phone booth fighting Friday night special edition, ladies and gentlemen, because Bellator is putting on an action-packed card tomorrow night, and myself and Frank Mir are doing a special edition preview of uh, the three main fights on that card, including one guy that uh, one of us has gotten in a fight with before. We'll reveal who that is uh, here in just a little bit. First of all, let me uh, set the stage. I am in the uh, phone booth fighting bunker deep within the bowels of stately Mirror Manor here in suburban Las Vegas. But the master of the house, he's not, not only is he not here, he's not even in the country. He's up here on the big screen checking in from, are you in, are you in England, Frank? I am. I'm actually uh, in Sheffield, to be exact. Okay. Over there uh, to do some commentating work, and uh, he and uh, the the Queen of Mere Manor are over there uh, in Sheffield, England, right now. Uh, and he he's uh, staying up extra extra late with us. What is it like four a.m. over there or something? Uh, that's exactly what time it is. Oh my gosh! All right, and he hadn't been to bed yet. All right, well that's how committed uh, he is to the craft. All right, uh, so before we get into uh, previewing the fights, we want to let you know that we have a special sponsor, Frank, for uh, this segment, this uh, special preview of uh, Bellator 183, and that is MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the only place that you want to do any online gambling on MMA fights like the card we're about to break down. Uh, as I learn more and more about this, Frank, about uh, the, the way that online gambling sites work, it's my understanding that it's just as important to make a smart decision about where you bet as it is to uh, what and who you're betting on because it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. If you don't have a reliable betting service behind you, you're probably not going to realize uh, the the fruits of your labor and the rewards. Uh, so mybookie.ag is a reliable betting site that uh, you can use, and they're looking to actively recruit phone booth fighting listeners. And to that end, Frank, they have set up a very special promo code that should be very easy for our listeners to remember it should be particularly easy for you to remember what is that promo code i think they did me a good favor on that to help me out uh, knowing that i'd be up so late tonight but uh, promo code is mere mere my r go ahead and uh, do the promo code it's a 100 percent uh buy-in with whatever you put down deposit and, uh, bonus top, yeah uh, deposit bonus yeah and then on top of that from what i understand they have one of the fastest payouts of uh, any of the gambling sites with uh, coming down to just two business days yep they're gonna return on your uh your, your reward that's it promo code mirror exclusively for phone booth fighting listeners you go to mybookie.ag and you put in that promo code uh for up to a hundred percent deposit bonus and uh you know we we think about this frank we're kind of spoiled living here in las vegas if we want to uh make a bet on pretty much anything under the sun but certainly anything sports related we just go down to the sports book and uh, not everybody has that because gambling is uh not legal everywhere by any stretch of the imagination and that's where mybookie.ag comes in so it's kind of like uh, being able to bring las vegas to anybody no matter where they live 
Uh, the convenience of doing it from your home. All right, let's give them some odds, courtesy of mybookie.ag. And uh, more importantly, we're going to give you our thoughts and analysis on the three main fights, the main event, the co-main event, and the feature bout of tomorrow night's Bellator 183. Uh, that is going to be here in the U.S. live, 9 o'clock, 8 central on Spike TV. Uh, and, of course, uh, mybookie.ag for the latest odds as uh, they may move, but we'll give them to you as uh, they are uh, this evening, Friday night. All right, main event, Frank, is uh, the former UFC lightweight champion Benson Henderson taking on Patricky Pitbull. Uh, now, Henderson is is a guy, Frank, who, you know, when he was in, uh, well, the WEC and then, of course, uh, migrated over to the UFC, I mean, this was, um, this was a blue-chip talent, and he was really one of the, still, uh, to this day, maybe, maybe, maybe with one notable heavyweight exception, I know, uh, one of the biggest free agent signings of uh, the Bellator promotion. And, you know, his, his uh, start over there, he, he had kind of a rocky start. He lost his, um, his uh, debut over there, unanimous decision. He was challenging for the welterweight title against their, their champion at the time, uh, Andre uh, Koreshkov, and has also uh, lost a fight, a split decision loss, title challenge to Michael Chandler for the lightweight title. Uh, which has caused him to lose uh, two of three over there since he's been there. But it has been revealed that uh, by him that he had some knee problems. He, he really said he was not 100% even when he signed with the promotion. So after uh, getting through three fights over there and only having won one of them, he went ahead and had some, some pretty serious knee surgery done. And I tell you what, Frank, the reason I think that's going to be important and get your thoughts here is because Benson Henderson has always had a very effective kicking game. He's going to need it against Patricky Pitbull, who's one of the uh, most heavy-handed fighters uh, in uh, the Bellator promotion, certainly in the lightweight division. Yeah, the tricky hits extremely hard, uh, very powerful, and he swings for it. Uh, that's his style. Uh, he has grown more patient uh, as he's matured as a fighter, um, but you know, that kind of cost him in the Chandler fight and the fight before that where he lost a split decision. So I think he might come out kind of on the aggressive side. I think he might turn to his roots as far as coming out, being real explosive right off the bat not so much sitting back and waiting. And I think the fact that Benson Henderson uh, is back to uh, hopefully a much uh, healthier form, uh, not only is it going to help the fact that he throws such great kicks, but he has good footwork, good movement. He's always been an elusive guy, hard to get a hold of. And if you overextend yourself chasing him, uh, it really helped out his wrestling. And he's such a high-level black belt jiu-jitsu that if you run into one of his doubles and he takes you down, great ground and pound, great work ethic. Uh, he has a great technique in that. But it all pretty much first comes about his mobility, his ability to use his legs to move and out, move in and out with his kind of uh, karate that he, background that he had as a youth uh, that he's uh, you know, applied very well and uh, adapted to the MMA uh, cage. Benson Henderson's legs are going to be longer than Patricky Pitbull's arms, obviously, and that's going to be key uh, to keeping Pitbull on the perimeter. Um, but when it comes to surgeries like that, Frank, and maybe especially leg surgeries, do, how, where do you come down on that? Do you, do you think, are they just kind of all created equal in this modern day and age? Or are there real question marks when, when a fighter has any kind of work like that done in terms of are they going to come back to be completely 100%? 
well, I mean, it, it's such an individualistic thing. And the good thing is that uh, the knee tends to be a much more uh, routine-type surgery than, is, say, like the shoulder, which is a much more complex or difficult area to repair. Uh, that being said, the reason why Ben probably waited so long is because there's always that kind of game of not knowing, well, um, you know, it does bother me, but can I get through it? Can I compensate for it? And knowing that, you know, surgery is not 100% guarantee that it's going to be a fix. So you could make the situation worse by trying to get it fixed by the doctor. And it's kind of like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. So as, as in regards to whether you make that step forward to go ahead and get the repair, but obviously it got to a point to where, uh, you know, Benson, uh, you know, his form had stepped down to such, you know, he was unhappy with his performances and finally made that decision to go ahead and step up to the plate, get the surgery, and now we're really going to see uh, how he moves and how he feels. Obviously, he's able to test it out in the gym, but uh, we'll see how his mindset is coming in with that uh, new knee. Benson Henderson is uh, the the minus two twenty favorite in this fight. The comeback on Patricky Pitbull is plus one eighty, according to mybookie.ag. Um, what about what's on the line here, and how much could that factor in, Frank? Uh, you know. For uh, Patricky, he's been a steady hand over at Bellator for quite some time. This is going to be his 18th fight in the organization. Uh, he's uh, uh, 10 and 7 in uh, Bellator, 17 and 8 in MMA. So the majority of his fights have happened within that organization. So maybe not as much promotional pressure on him. But with with Benson Henderson, this was a major free agent signing, and uh, it it there's got to be pressure on him to not fall to. Uh, a dismal one and three within the promotion after all of that fanfare, not to mention the fact that uh, uh, once Michael Chandler and Brent Primus uh, premise have their rematch, uh, it's assumed they're going to have a rematch because of the controversial outcome of their first fight, that the winner of this fight could likely be the next title challenger. So, so my thought on this is way more pressure on Benson Henderson than Patricky Pitbull because Benson Henderson was brought over there to contend for titles and and win marquee fights. Seems like that's going to be a particular amount of pressure that's put on him in this one. It can be if he buys into that, but I think that just shows that you know the level of other competitions out there with Bellator, ACB, uh, you know, World Series of Fighting, uh, you name it. Uh, there's a lot of talent out there spread out, not just in the UFC. So and that shows that when a guy of Benson Henderson, who is you know the champion there, a lightweight champ for the uh, both the WEC and the UFC, that you know, stepping into Bellator wasn't a for sure. Uh, you know, signing where he was too big of a fish in a smaller pond, he stepped into some very steep competition that Bellator has. And, uh, and I think the fact that he's had some very tough fights reflects that. And in and, and reality, I think as a warrior, he realizes there's no pressure there because he understands the caliber of the people that he's facing and what the outcomes are. Uh, if he listens too much to the hype around him, which I doubt at his level that he does, but yeah, there's people on the outside thinking that, you know, Benson Henderson being the champion from the UFC coming over should be walking through guys, which that's just not the case. Who do you like in this fight? Do you have a thought? I, I like Benson Henderson. I think he has experience uh, in big fights with a lot of pressure, more so than uh, Patricky does at this point in their career. I think that the style and the elusiveness and speed of, uh, of uh, Benson Henderson hopefully is going to be up to par again because of the, uh, the rehabilitated leg. Uh, and the fix, you know, of his, uh, his injury. So I think if we get a uh, Benson Henderson that's within 90% of what he's capable of doing, I think this is a fight for him. 
Let's talk about the co-main event involving another uh, big free agent signing away from the UFC over to Bellator in the welterweight division. Lorenz Larkin taking on Paul Simtex Daly. Now, uh, Larkin had lost his uh, debut in Bellator, lost a unanimous decision to uh, welterweight champion Douglas Lima uh, a couple of months back. Um, the, the, the thing that jumps out to me on paper, uh, in this fight, Frank, is that, uh, Paul Daly, who is, uh, has gone five and two in the Bellator organization over there, 39 and 15 overall in his MMA career, 75% of his wins come by knockout. Um, but they often come early in the fight. It seems like if, uh, there's going to be a way to beat, uh, um, if there's going to be a way to beat, uh, Paul Daly, that Lorenz Larkin is, uh, perhaps going to need to take him, uh, deep and, uh, uh, contend for a decision because exactly half of all of Lorenz Larkin's, uh, victories, uh, or half of all his fights, I should say, have ended in a decision. 12 out of 24, uh, which which is definitely a tell. That's definitely a pattern. He's a guy who's never been submitted uh, nor scored a submission, but that hasn't really come into effect against Paul Daly, who is certainly not known as a ground fighter. I think definitely uh, this is a fight that is, uh, if Paul Daly has his way, contended on the feet. But it makes me think, uh, Frank, that Lorenz Larkin, who comes into this fight as a minus 290 favorite, the uh, comeback, according to mybookie.ag on Paul Daly, is a plus 235. And I've got to think that that confidence in Larkin has to be that Larkin is going to be able to take this. It's a three-round uh, fight that Larkin's going to be able to take it into uh, the, the, the late round and maybe even to a decision and outlast uh, Paul Daly's early onslaught. Well, you know, Paul Daly is a very powerful puncher, um, one of the hardest hitting uh, welterweights, actually, that I can think of. Uh, the left hook is uh, definitely something that if he lands, uh, people uh, end up uh, not having a good night. It's a short night for them. Uh, I think that Lorenz, though, is going to be very aware of that, and I think he just has more tools to be able to utilize that he feels effective with. That, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a bigger, stronger athlete, and I think he's going to be able to take this in different realms, especially early on to avoid the, uh, the, the power that uh, Daly has. And so that way he can, you know, push him into second round, take him down, force him against the cage, use his size to uh, nullify, get him tired. And as we know, uh, as a power striker, the farther you take them into the fight, the less the power is able to uh, uphold. How much stock do you put into level of competition when you look at a, a couple of guys like this? Because um, Daly lost his uh, last fight in Bellator to Roy McDonald. He was submitted in the second round. But again, that kind of goes back to Paul Daly not being a big, uh, uh, being known as a ground fighter. But both of these guys throughout their career have faced top quality competition i think the difference being that uh the gap that paul daly had between the ufc of course he was famously banned from the ufc after he uh, hit josh koscheck after the bell and then he eventually ended up uh back in the bellator organization some seven fights ago but in between there there was kind of a journeyman period you know where he was a little adrift not really always facing uh top competition 
uh, Larkin, that has not been the case with Larkin. I mean, Larkin was, uh, was in the UFC right up until his last fight, and then he made his promotional debut against their welterweight champion. Do you think that kind of thing matters very much, or is it more the case that, hey, both these guys, at least at some point in their career, have been able to uh, obviously contend with top competition, so they're very evenly matched? Well, um, I think that sometimes uh, Daly is more of a situation where he's a victim of his own success. Mm. I think Paul Daly is a very tough guy, has a great chin, uh, and, you know, a phenomenal left hook, uh, you know, in his heart with both hands, but specifically the left hook has always been one punch that he has that impresses me, and I think that most people have to be very leery of. Um, that being said, I think that because he has such success with that, he's always looked to stick to his strengths, which is a good thing. You want to, you know, you know, stick to what brought you to the big game, but at the same time, I think that over the years, he hasn't developed to the same level and, and danger uh, in the other aspects of his game. Not that he's not you know, capable, but there's definitely a, uh, a technical gap between some of the other aspects of his MMA game and his uh, you know, pure just striking. If uh, Lorenz Larkin decides uh, tomorrow night that he's going to stand toe-to-toe and prove a point, eh, it could be a very quick night for uh, either guy. They both hit hard, they're very powerful, but if Lorenz decides to, uh, you know, uh, display his full gambit of his MMA abilities, I think he just has more tools that he's capable, probably because he doesn't have that one aspect that I can think of that something about Lorenzo just sticks out to like, well, you know, right. if, he, if he catches you with this, you're going to go to sleep. Or if you take him to this position, he's going to throw you on your head. So I think he has a more complete game because of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Paul, like I said, you know, he's probably you know, has so much success in sparring and fights and kickboxing. If he lands a, a good shot, the fight's usually over. So that has given him confidence in that area, but also probably not allowed him to have the same amount of time training in the others. Of any of the uh, three fights that we're looking at tonight, uh, Lorenz Larkin is the biggest favorite. He's he's a minus two ninety, uh, so so not that that crazy of uh, of, of odds, uh, which speaks. Uh, I guess that's a compliment to to Bellator's matchmaking in this uh, on this particular card. But uh, Lorenz is the biggest favorite of the three fights that we're looking at. Do you, do you like him to uh, prove the odds makers right, or uh, do you think conditions might be right for a for a Simtex upset? No, I think Lorenz coming off of the loss with the. Uh you know, his debut, I think he's really looking to have a good victory out there. I think that uh, it's easy to see that you know, watching a Roy McDonald type of strategy, uh, being very cautious, never underestimating Paul Daly for one second. Uh, I think you have to keep your eyes open and definitely have your radar turned on with him at all moments. So um, I feel that Lorenz is rightfully uh, judged as the, uh, you know, the favorite in this matchup because of the fact, again, that he has multiple ways to probably, you know, to nullify and avoid the uh, the very uh, powerful puncher, Paul Daly. And I think people have seen now that Paul, if, if you're able to take him down and you're able to avoid, you know, standing toe to toe with him, that is the, uh, you know, the uh, the strategy for victory. Um, if you're not capable of doing so, then it's a very dangerous fight, and he's willing, he's able to knock out any welterweight in the world. So I think that Lorenz is able to do so, use the full gambit of his MMA experience and the repertoire of his tools to uh, avoid the uh, you know, the, the Simtex. 
And now let's talk about the feature attraction of the evening and one that's going to be of particular interest to you, Frank, because uh, this is in uh, the heavyweight division that's your new home over there in Bellator against a guy that you have fought in the past, Roy Big Country Nelson, making his Bellator debut tomorrow night against Javi Ayala. Nelson uh, going in according to uh my bookie.ag at a uh minus 225 uh preferred status the comeback on the underdog ayala is plus 185 um you're going to obviously have a lot of unique insight having fought roy before and uh knowing his stylistic tendencies but just to kind of paint the picture of where roy is at at this point in his career uh you know after uh, many years of uh, being in the UFC, being a top 10 heavyweight, a couple of times kind of being talked about, you know, right there on the cusp of maybe one win away from a heavyweight uh, title shot. He never quite got there, never wore the UFC gold. But, um, you know, in his last handful of fights, really kind of alternated between wins and losses over the last few years. There was that one stretch. Um, where he lost to uh, Barnett, Overeem, and Hunt in uh, reverse order there, but you know three murderers row of contenders there, and he went on that three fight skid. But then after that, uh, found his footing again. But again, kind of alternating back and forth between wins and losses. He uh, lost his last fight in the UFC. It was a unanimous decision to Alexander Volkov. Uh, just this past April, and actually left the organization with a losing record, which kind of surprised me when I when I saw that. But um, uh, all that being said, do you think there's anything? And we'll talk about the caliber of his opponent here in a second, but uh, who's much more of an unknown. But that being said, do you think there's anything to to read into that as far as could Roy maybe be hitting a little bit of the decline of his career physicality, or is that just Roy? You know, where he's going to win some, he's going to lose some, but he's going to be uh, damn hard to finish. You're talking about a guy who's never been submitted and has only been knocked out twice in his entire career yeah i think roy is just sometimes a victim of a fact again like i just spoke earlier mm-hmm. about uh you know uh, paul daly is roy has a phenomenal overhand right and a really good uppercut also on top of that uh, uh decent you know a really good uh you know uh basics in wrestling uh, as far as strong has a good takedown um his uh, uh his top game is ground and pound his ability to uh you know stay in top heavy is very good but you know again roy is just a phenomenal uh, you know, right hand that, uh, you know, it levels buildings. And I think that a lot of the heavyweights start caught wind of that and realize that the best way to, uh, you know, beat that is not to even be anywhere in the vicinity of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, you know, in the later parts of his UFC career, fighters start realizing, myself included, to just move away from it, avoid it, slip it, not even begin to think about blocking that thing because it might take your arm off and knock you out. Uh, so that being said, I feel that, uh, you know, uh, Avila, um, is such a big, huge heavyweight, and I think he's a strong guy. But I think this is really a matchup that's uh, a recipe for success for Roy. Somebody who's going to stand in front of him, not move a lot uh, besides moving forward, and, um, and be a very big target for that overhand right. Yeah, Ayala, who, uh, like I said, not not nearly as much is known about him. He's uh, he's had 15 fights under his belt. Uh, he's got a 10 and five record. 
Um, what what he did basically to get him in this spot is uh, he upset Sergey Karatanov uh, last November over in Bellator, knocked him out in 16 seconds, and that was uh, after Karatanov had been signed by the organization. It was really that night. It was a matter of spoiling Karatanov's uh, debut. Ayala's job was supposed to just be to to welcome him in, and uh, he reigned on uh, the Karatanov parade. Uh, he's actually been in the Bellator organization since 2000. 2013 Ayala has, but outside of Karatanov's name, that resume doesn't really boast uh, uh, many notable opponents, certainly nothing like the caliber of uh, uh, opponents that Roy Nelson has faced over the years. The The stat that jumps out to me here, Frank, when you compare these two is that, uh, Kira, uh, is that uh, Ayala has 10 victories, but he's, he's only even uh, 15 fights, but he's only even gone to decision twice. If you're going to beat Roy Nelson, uh, except in two cases where he got knocked out, you got to beat him by decision. He's lost by decision 12 times, but that means uh, you've got to get him there and you've got to avoid uh, getting knocked out. And I don't really see how that's going to happen. No, I agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, not to take anything away from uh, Ayala, but uh, a situation where I see two heavyweights fight each other and someone gets knocked out in 16 seconds. It's hard for me to say who is actually better because heavyweights. Right. If someone catches somebody just right that quick uh, into the fight, um, it doesn't really showcase much. It's just that that's the nature of heavyweight fighting. That on any given night, someone could get caught. Uh, that being said, if they fight nine, you know, ten times, you might have you know uh, nine ways go the other way. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think Roy though has a really good chance. He's really cautious about not taking any shots like that. You can see how he. You know, he, he frames his left side. He makes sure that he doesn't take any undue punishment from big shots, especially early on. So uh, I think you nailed the, uh, you know, the nail on the head is that um, you have to be able to take Roy deep. And I think the only way that Ayala does that is if he's able to close the distance and wrestle him against the cage. But once there, Roy actually has low center of gravity and is able to turn if he wants to, if he wants to move and disengage. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, unless Ayala is able to cause damage there, get a takedown, which is not very easy to do against Roy because of the way he's built and his wrestling experience, uh, they're going to break them and put them out in the middle of the, uh, the, uh, the cage again. And I think uh, more times uh, than not, Roy is going to have opportunities to land that right hand. Yeah, you know, you've not only uh, fought Roy Nelson in MMA, but you've, you've grappled him. And that's the thing, because Roy's got all these uh, knockouts, uh, a lot of people don't talk about his his wrestling ability, his, his grappling ability. And what what you're saying there, maybe you can expound on this, is that if for some reason his uh, one-punch knockout power isn't uh, working, he's actually got uh, a grappling game that he can go to as a plan B. He's a legitimate uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu under uh, Henzo. Uh, we've, uh, you know, actually trained many times together. Uh, Roy is extremely hard to, uh, you know, take down and uh, even harder to actually do anything with once you get him there. Um, uh, he's very hard to cement, very hard to tap, uh, tap out, get anything on. You know, he has a build for defensive submissions and he knows how to nullify them. He's actually very, uh, very technically savvy there. It, it's one of those things, though, that just doesn't necessarily utilize it to the abilities that he's capable love mm -hmm. he's really fallen in love with knocking guys out and it's uh you know it's brought him some success and a lot of notoriety
You mentioned that low center of gravity. Should he find his back against the cage? I know uh, when you're you're maybe particularly in the heavyweight division where you're you're dealing with a lot of you know one punch knockout artists that sometimes being the shorter fighter like like Mike Tyson was his whole career uh, can really lend itself toward that that uppercut power those those short uppercuts because you're the shorter fighter to begin with you're already kind of under that chin is there also an advantage uh, to like you were saying when you got your back to the cage that lower center of gravity maybe particularly against a taller opponent that can actually uh, uh, assist you? Well, anytime you see a guy with a big, uh, you know, with hips and a low center of gravity, and, and, and actually, Roy, I know that, you know, people make fun of the belly, but it's actually sometimes to his advantage for the style of fighter that he is. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to blast through him and to take him down with doubles because of his ability to sprawl and use his stomach really as a, uh, <laughs> as a, as a defensive wall. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, Roy is difficult uh, to, to get. You really have to be able to balance him and be able to pull his leg out and above his hip. If you're able to do that, then you can teeter him off, and it's actually then uh, to great advantage being taller than him. But it's that battle to get the knee to that position that that makes it difficult. And it can be very fatiguing, very tiring, especially with big, heavy guys. Mm-hmm. If uh, Ayala drops down and gets jammed under there, it really saps your energy. Sounds like we're both picking uh, Roy Nelson here, but are you a little – I'm a little bit surprised, and, and maybe you will be too, Frank, that Roy's actually not a bigger favorite in this fight. I mean, a minus, I two, minus 225, that's a value pick on Roy Nelson if you're looking to make a little little money. I, I would – I would suggest that of the three fights we've talked about, in my opinion, that might be the 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 surest bet I could think of would be uh, that money on Roy, especially at those odds. And I 100% agree with you. I just don't think that Ayala is going to be able to knock him out. He's a big, strong guy, but he's not the most technical of punchers. I know he did catch uh, Sergey, but he caught Sergey. Uh, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, a consistent knockout artist over his career. Uh, his submission abilities, I don't think, are going to be anywhere near the ability it's going to take uh, to submit Roy. And, uh, you know, his wrestling, to take him down and just control him and pound him out, I think it's going to be very difficult. Well, you can uh, take advantage of those uh, minus 225 odds if you're so inclined on, on Roy Nelson or any of these other fights you like. Once again, by going to mybookie.ag and entering what promo code, Frank? What is that promo code? Ah, uh, it's a good one. It's a uh, mirror, M-I-R. I like it. Uh, up to a hundred percent deposit bonus exclusively for phone booth fighting listeners. Enter the promo code MIR M I R at mybookie.ag. All right. Well, I think we got everybody uh, all excited and uh, raring to go for the Bellator fights tomorrow night. Uh, if you're a, a fan of phone booth fighting and uh, Frank Mir, it's going to be a good one to watch, especially that feature bout because that heavyweight title over. You've picked such a good time to go to Bellator. Frank they've had a heavyweight title and no one wearing it for over a year now and uh, all of a sudden they've got uh, major free agent uh, signings like yourself like Fedor Matt Mitrione's over there now Czech Congo who you hold a win over now Roy Nelson uh, I mean, you can just see this title picture shaping up. I think by the time you make your debut over there, it's going to be so exciting because there's going to be instant talk about heavyweight title fights or title eliminators. 
No, and I agree 100%. And I think there's a even deeper pool of heavyweights there that people aren't even, uh, you know, bringing up in common talk. It, it amazes me that uh, Bobby Lashley is not much more Bobby in the Lashley. conversation. Yep. A big, powerful wrestler, a strong athlete, very dedicated, hard worker. I think he's a dangerous guy that has a great record and uh, somebody that actually, if I have an opportunity to face, would be very honored to be able to face somebody because I think he would help. Uh, you know, the preparation for him would also be equal to the preparation of a future Brock fight. And he's somebody who's, uh, you know, uh, stylistically because of such an advanced wrestler is somebody that I've had problems with in the past. Mm-hmm. And you, you may find yourself facing That's a great point. Maybe just simply by virtue of the fact that he hasn't, you know, uh, been consistently, uh, you know, with a, a bigger promotion up to this point like Bellator or UFC, something like that. Maybe he's flown a little bit under the radar. but uh, Well, I think he's a victim of the fact that also, too, I've used the word a lot time, but I think also, too, his ability to, you know, uh, to, to be in a professional wrestling uh, arena, yeah. uh, you know, that generates income. And I understand how that is, uh, you know, when your husband and father, you know, you've got to put uh, food on the table. So I think that, you know, opportunities have, have, have come up there that have probably, uh, you know, made people think that maybe that he's not as focused on fighting. I don't know. Uh, you know, he's multifaceted and, uh, you know, he's a very intelligent guy, uh, well-spoken. I think that, uh, that, uh, it amazes me that he's not more of a marquee, uh, you know, uh, uh, heavyweight there that they would really want to get behind. I mean, let's face it, you know, the guy walks in a room and takes off his shirt. Everybody's paying attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's an eye to keep him, uh, somebody to keep an eye on as well. And for all I know, he may be in attendance tomorrow night as well. All right, Frank, I'm going to let you, uh, get to sleep there. Finally, over there in uh, the UK, I will, uh, uh, wrap things up here at, uh, stately mirror manor, make sure everything is, uh, secured and uh, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene the next couple of days for uh, another full edition of Phone Booth Fighting. But uh, once again, thanks to MyBookie.ag for bringing you this special Bellator 183 uh, preview. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. So for Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter. Be sure to visit PhoneBoothFighting.com for all the information related to our podcast, where to get it, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play. Also remember to click through uh, that Amazon banner when you shop on Amazon. That helps support our show as well. For Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter, and we'll see you right back here next time.